Welcome to Living on Purpose. I'm Mark Pumphrey, along with my co-host, Dr. Christy Stewart, coming to you from the Circle City, Indianapolis, Indiana. And today, Christy, we got another show request. Yes, we do. Always. They always just keep coming. I know. Well, from a longtime fan of the show, Jeff Kissler asked us to do a show about habits, right? Yep. He sent me a video and said, this would be a great show topic. So I said, okay, here we go. And down the rabbit hole you went. (laughs) Yes, I did. So we're going to talk about just habits in general. Good ones, bad ones, how to maybe get great good habits. Yeah, we're going to talk about what habits are in general. Then we're going to go through kind of those those topics of the most common and how to, how do we change that and why is it important that we need to be conscious of our unconscious habits. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, big one, I guess we it right off the bat, smoking or well, I guess that's more smoking of an addiction, number, you know. Smoking but... is number one, you just gave that away. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, exactly. About, yeah, let's talk about what a habit is. Well, first, since I like definitions, the definition of a habit is an acquired mode of behavior that has become nearly or completely involuntary. So it's something basically that you can rely on that's usually an unconscious um, in set situations that mm-hmm. you just kind of just react and you don't even think about that. You know, it's we automatic. have a exactly automatic. We have a habit of driving our car. Mm-hmm. We don't. You don't think about moving the wheel and keeping in the lines. You just do it. It's just. Right. Because you have repeated it and repeated it for years and years and years, that it's just second nature. Muscle memory. Muscle memory. There you go. We did a show um, on perfectionism in the practice. This is basically that same thing. You perfect, you practice is basically what you repeat. Then you create a habit from that repetition. And these can be good ones. These can be bad ones. These can be really good. And these can be really bad. (laughs) Right? Because whatever you repeat... You develop a habit that then becomes a behavior. Well, I gotta say, don't we always talk about habits in a negative way? Because we, we never do. say good habits. We, we do, but we—I I hope that most people have more good habits than bad habits. Sure. It's just you know we just focus on you know I mean the bad it's ones. Like we tell the truth all the time and we lie occasionally, but we focus on oh one yeah. lie, but it's <laughs> same same difference. We we have habits. Uh, pretty much everything that we do unconsciously is a result of a habit that's based on repetition. I guess we just when we talk about habit, it is really actually very, very simple that the bottom line really is that your belief and your behaviors are a result of repeated thoughts and actions that are the representation of who you are. Okay. Uh, those are those are just our cores, right? Mm-hmm. Who we are of what we think and what we do, our actions that are all based on habit. We think a lot of times that we don't have enough time. That's why I'm so disorganized or I don't get anything done because I just don't have enough time. Well, everyone has the same 24 hours of the day, (laughs) right? The problem is the habits you have developed over time and how you use those 24 hours. Well, and let's be for real, like TV can be a habit, right? So when you're saying, I don't have enough time, but then you've watched, you've been watched, you know, a whole series of a show. So, you know, it's not that you didn't have time, you didn't want to do it. But watching that TV show or watching TV could be considered a habit. But that's true. You know, our because our life goes by our choices. We say that all the time, right? Your life goes according to the choices that you make. Mm-hmm. And those choices, a lot of those choices are based on subconscious habits that we don't even realize we're doing. And I think that the more we talk about this in the next 40 minutes or so, and the more, you know, you tie your shoes. You don't have to think about how to tie your shoes. Right. Right. You don't think about how to, how to write your name. You don't think about having to, how to drive your car. You just are automatic pilot and you just do it. Mm-hmm. Well, you had to learn how to do that at one point. And then you repeated doing that, which then created a habit. 
And that habit then be created with a behavior that you don't even think about anymore. True. We have tons of those, some good and some bad. That is one of these things that how do you change those? How do you identify those? And why do we need to be conscious of them? Because they dictate our behavior and our thoughts and our feelings are directed by them. So when you're unconscious, especially the bad ones, they dictate how your life goes. They dictate how you show up. They dictate how other people see you. We could potentially have habits that change how the world sees us and why sometimes we're like, I don't know why they think that about me. Because you have this unconscious habit that you do that you don't even realize anymore that the rest of the world sees clearly and sees you differently than you perceive yourself. Fair I think enough. That, I, can I think see that, that could be very common. But where we are, what we do, if we're successful, if we're a failure, it really is based on what we practice. And what we practice again turns into habits that we perfect, either perfectly perfect or perfectly terrible. Doesn't <laughs> matter. Uh, it's just as simple as that. You practice it, you perfect it. Okay. We talk about you know the end or the result being a goal, right? We want to focus on that final outcome, right? Way I need to lose ten pounds. I need to finish a marathon. Whatever that goal is that you want, we may go through the motions, but obtaining our goals are about looking at the day to day habits that lead us to the success or the failure of that goal that we've set forth to do. Oh, I, it right? certainly makes sense because I, when you learn to tie your shoes, you've got to have a goal in mind. To tie right. your shoes, you exactly. Know? So, exactly. Yeah, definitely. I, I would imagine if you wanted to wear, run a marathon or finish a marathon or whatever the that situation may be, mm-hmm. you can't start out at the start line that day. <laughs> right. Not not most people for sure. <laughs> you know, the same thing is you want to be a good worker, right? You have a sure. core value that, of wanting to be respected. A lot of us, you know, I think most of us hold that that a core value that we want to be respected. You need to create habits of being on time, of say getting your projects done on time, or even potentially early, and being a team player and all those things that make us respectable. Then you're not going to necessarily be late for work every day, right? If you have a habit of being late for work, but you really want people to respect you, those yeah, don't coincide. Those don't coincide together, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't gain respect by disrespecting somebody else, you know, and their time and what they they're doing. Exactly, so. and trying to figure out what it is that is going to lead you to whatever that is, right? You know, if you eat a salad one day at lunch, or you take a walk one day at lunch, that's not going to you're not going to result in t- losing ten pounds. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, it's it takes more than just a one-time effort. Well, and I guess that's true because I think that in our mind, that's what we think. Like, if we just eat a salad one day or walk one day, that's the start of it. <laughs> and it's like, but it actually turns in, you have to do it every day to make it a habit, right? Right. 66 days, to be a matter of fact. Because 66 it takes, days, The, the okay. myth was, uh, I'd heard 21 days for years. I'd heard 21 days, but research indicates that it's actually 66 days to create or to change a habit. God, could you see that? People are out there, 66 days? That's what I'm thinking. 21 days, I could probably (laughs) force myself, but 66, I got a bad habit of not getting to my 66th day. (laughs) So, Christy, I know you've done some research on this, right? So, we need to create a habit, a good habit, hopefully. So, what are some of the things that we have to consider when getting to that good habit state to create a habit which is also what we can talk about creating a new habit of something you want to do new like Mm -hmm. i just started playing pickleball so creating good habits on the court uh is really important so i need to repeat good things how to do it right versus 
how to do it wrong, <laughs> even though I'm doing far more wrong than I'm right. But, you know, the, so we're talking about creating a habit on something new or if you want to eliminate a bad habit or flip that around and make it into uh, a more positive outcome. Okay. These are the same steps. Oh, okay. So either way. They're the same steps. The four phases are called cue, craving, response, and reward. Okay. <laughs> the first is, the, is a cue, right? This is a stimulus and a response. You have some kind of response that's triggered by something and that's either favorable or unfavorable to know what you want to do again. Right? So you're okay. Queuing up. Queuing up. Anything, right? Behavioral researchers have studied this for years and years and years because repetition in responding becomes unconscious. Right. The Skinner is, I think, the most popular. It's been around forever. I mean, exactly the specifics. He had it that he had a dog and the dog would hit the button and the dog would get a dog. Oh, bone. dog biscuit. And yeah, then, yeah. And then so every time the dog hit it, then he'd get a biscuit and that was favorable. So he would continue doing that. And then they had that if you hit this other that you got shocked. And so then the dog didn't do that because it was an unfavorable response. Right. And so. Basically, it said that humans' behavior is the same, that we are going to do things that give us a favorable response, and we are not going to do things that give us an unfavorable response. I think most people are saying, (laughs) well, yeah, that makes perfect sense. That's just human nature of how we're going to do that. But there's also, because so that was behavioral researchers, you know, even 1800s and 1900s that, that were working on behavioral research. But there's now this new thing over the last 50 years or so of cognitive research and they found basically that the same is true in humans, that not only is, is are the behaviors of good or bad, I want the biscuit, I don't want to get shocked, that give us the favorable external reward, the biscuit. Okay. But that we will repeat things that give us a positive internal reward and not repeat things that don't aren't that positive. So if we do something and we just feel good, even though we don't get any kind of reciprocity for it, we're going to continue to do that because it feels good. We smile to the person, the stranger on the street. That person smiles back, obviously lifts their spirits. We feel better about that. We are probably going to create a habit of smiling to people that we don't know because then that makes us feel good. So when we're saying inwards, we're saying feelings, like it, you'll have an emotional response. To right. Or, yeah. Any kind of thing that's not necessarily a tangible external reward. Gotcha. So that we mentally are cognitively thinking about decision making and, and doing things that are creating habits that don't give us some type of tangible external reward but makes us feel good makes us internally feel good so there's a lot so we have the external piece and the internal piece all working together that we are going to do things that we see and how i see it and how you see it may be completely different Mm -hmm. right what's favorable to me may not be favorable to you so there's no standard on those responses because they're going to be individual for individual people but the concept is is that behavioral or cognitively that we are going to do things and again, most people get this that make us feel good or that we get some type of good reward for, and we're not going to do things. The whole Aristotle and the Nicomachean ethics and all of that started a way a long time ago. Basically, he said the same thing that, you know, we're motivated at being happy and happiness is whether it be a getting something in return, a friendship or any of those things that we're going to be motivated by those things that make us happy. And we're going to stray away from those things that make us unhappy. Makes sense. This totally makes sense so far. This has everything to do with your habits, right? Because those things that you like that make you feel good are those are the things that you're going to create habits because you're going to repeat them Mm -hmm. until they become second nature and unconscious. 
That certainly makes so. sense. I would not do things that didn't either make me feel good or I got some reward for. And when I'm saying like a habit for reward, work. You know, I go to work every day to get a paycheck so I can have a roof over my head or something like that. Right. So that's a habit that I formed however many years ago. The difference, the difference in these two, though, are that you have the one that you actually get an external reward for. You go to work, you get a paycheck, you do a good job, you get a bonus. Again, those are habits you're going to continue to do because you get an external reward for it. Cognitive ones, there's something that you potentially could believe in in the future, too. So let's go back to the example of walking every day at lunch, right? Let's say you walk every day at lunch because you don't want to lose 10 pounds. So you're not dropping the pounds after one day, right? You go out (laughs) one day and boom, I am not 10 pounds lighter. So the reward is not like the dog treat where you hit the button and the dog gets a treat, right? right? It's not instant. So you know that you need to keep walking every day to reach your goal of losing 10 pounds. So you create a habit around the belief that something favorable is going to happen in the future based on the beliefs of things that have happened to you in the past, right? So why would you think if I go walk every day and I have better eating habits, I'm going to lose 10 pounds? Because you believe that to be true. It's not actually happening to you right now. Mm -hmm. You haven't dropped any weight. And we potentially haven't even eaten any better yet. Fair enough. But you believe, you have a faith, you believe that if I do this, then this is going to happen. Is it because you, you know it will happen because you've seen countless other people get... Sure, and you know, and you maybe cognitively know it, you've done it in the past, you've lost that 10 pounds, you found that 10 pounds, and at least the rest of, you know, most of us <laughs> have, right? We've lost that, gained that 10 pounds over, you know, the last 30 years. But the thing is that those beliefs... They trigger those cues, right, that leads to a craving for an outcome, which gets us into the phase two, right, the result which requires changing a habit to gain some reward. You can't fit in the pants anymore, <laughs> right, because you need to lose 10 pounds. So you start craving that desire to lose 10 pounds is the cue because the pants aren't fitting comfortably. So there's different triggers for everyone, right? Some people bounce between 10 pounds, and they think absolutely nothing about it. Because I, they have the extra clothes. They, exactly, whatever. <laughs> but they don't think anything. I, you know, I'm up 10 pounds today. I'll be down 10 pounds, you know, a month from now. And they don't. They just go about wearing the extra, the bigger size today and know sure. that it's all going to work itself out. Some people, though, that's a big trigger for them, that the pants not fitting would then lead to a craving that I need to do something to lose this 10 pounds. And that totally makes sense. So though, then it takes us into phase three, right? Which is the, is the response phase. You have the cue, the pants don't fit, right? You have the craving that I need to lose 10 pounds so I fit back in my pants. So what are you going to do? You're going to start walking every day at lunch, mm-hmm. and you're going to potentially start eating better. But that action requires a belief in that response, Because it's not going to be instant, right? Just because I walk at lunch today and just because I have a salad instead of Burger King does not mean that I'm going to fit in my pants tomorrow. It means I'm going to fit in my pants 30 days from now. Or if you're lucky, 66 days from now. So that you can develop a new habit of not eating at Burger King at lunch every day. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah. So you have both of those things. So we do habits for both reasons. We have external tangible rewards that we get that we create habits for, and we have internal things that we have a belief or a process in that we need to believe that this is going to happen if I do that. If this, if I do this response, we have to believe to stay motivated. And we've done shows, several shows, I think we've talked about the expectancy theory. Mm-hmm. That, it, that this is the basic concept as well, that you have this goal that you want, but you have to believe that your effort 
is going to lead to the outcome that you want. If at any point that that doesn't happen, if any point that you stop believing, if I'm going to walk every day at lunch and you stop believing that that's going to lead you to the result to lose 10 pounds, you're going to lose motivation. You're going to stop doing it and you're going to revert back to your bad habit. So you're not going to create a new habit of walking every day at lunch to be healthier, which then in turn is going to help you to lose your 10 pounds. Totally makes sense. And a lot of times we have to look at what effort are you willing to invest to gain that craving, loss of 10 pounds, your bonus, um, stop smoking, whatever it is. Save money. Save money. Whatever that is, that outcome is that you're craving for, what are you willing to invest for it? Are you willing to invest what it takes to actually get it? And I guess that's really what people are really, I guess that part of it, that's what they're craving. They just don't know how to actually, I don't know, lunge forward. Well, I well, I think we you know we face disappointments and we don't it doesn't it's not happening as fast as we want it to (laughs) all of those things and is it worth it again weight loss right if you walk every day at lunch and you cut out Coca Cola from your 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 diet and in a month from now you've not lost a pound you're likely not going to do it anymore your faith in that process is not going to work now this is a scenario that's completely under our control. How many things in our life are not under our control that we create habits around at, say, work? We want a bonus, and that doesn't happen. How much do we believe the faith in that process? Oh, it we diminishes. Don't. Exactly. Yes. So then you develop other habits that are may probably likely aren't so good. Mm-hmm. You know, I become angry, so I'm late for work every day. That become, then becomes a habit. Okay. I'm, so you create a habit because of a situation that you are trying to create a better habit for sometimes. Potentially. I think so. Potentially. Yeah. That, I think, again, a habit is simply a result of repetition. Why I mean, do you repeat what that. you do? Mm-hmm. You can do it for good reasons, for bad reasons. It doesn't matter. It just simply is a unconscious response because you have repeated it so many times you no longer have to think about it. Just like driving your car. You don't have to think about driving your car. You know, maybe you think about reverse and drive, but once it gets there, it's just second nature. Backing a trailer up. Those first hundred times you back a trailer up, you are very in tune to everything that's going on. (laughs) Once you get, you know, you're backing your boat into the water. Once you get it down, you don't even think about it anymore. People are like, how do you just do that? And just back, I don't know, I just back it right in there. We didn't back it right in there the first 50 times you tried it. That's right. You repeated it and repeated it The first 66 times. 66, there you go. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, he pays attention, doesn't he? That's right. But yeah, exactly. So those things, you've got to keep the motivation. Again, the walking at lunch that creates a habit, meaning you don't have to think about it. Um, you, you You don't think at lunch, hmm, I wonder if I should go for a walk today when you go for a walk every day, right? You don't. You think you just get up. At lunch, you go change your shoes and you go out for your walk and you don't you don't think about it. But don't you think that most people get stuck in between that and the fourth element? Oh, you know? sure. Yeah, because of the re- actual reward itself yeah. because you lose motivation for whatever reason. So there's the bridge yeah, right there and somewhere there, we blow it up You don't time. believe that that outcome or it's not worth the investment. Everybody knows me knows I love my McDonald's Coca-Cola. Right. I want one every day. I do my best. To say, okay, I'm not going to have one every day. And the more that I don't want to have one every day, the more I end up having two a day. Right? Because what you focus on increases. Oh, the more sure. you try to restrict yourself. You know, when I don't think about it and, um, you know, I'll go the other way or do something so I don't drive by McDonald's to get a Coke, then I'm more successful at that. 
But that's my big trigger, okay. right? My trigger is I see those golden arches or I work outside. Most people want a beer. I want a Coke. I go play pickleball. I want a Coke. I, well, I want to cook whenever, but you get the idea. Sure. But there so, are triggers for that. So there's it. So that goes back to avoiding the triggers. Yeah. So when you're sitting over here and you got that bridge and we're talking about, let's mm-hmm. say, walking at your lunch or something like that, and then you get up that one day and you're thinking, hmm, I could go to the, the pizza place, pick me up a calzone instead of going walking. That's your bridge. Right. Okay. And sometimes you just have to suck it up and put the big boy pants on and just do it when you don't want to. I can see that. And even when you have a habit of it, you know, sometimes it's okay to go get a calzone. Well, I know, but maybe you can't we should, do it every day. Sure. But I mean, maybe that challenge should be put out there. Try it for 66 days, folks, and see it. Right. Prove us wrong. Or prove <laughs> us right. You know, I mean, if you're sitting over here and you're thinking about it, devote 66 days to whatever that is. Instead of being one of those people, and I'm one of those people too, God, I wish I was blank. Mm-hmm. I wish I did blank. You know, instead of doing that, do it for 66 days and see if it actually sticks. I think those are conscious things that are fabulous. But I think, too, is what are we doing for 66 days that we're not conscious of? Oh. What bad habits are we creating <laughs> because we lack motivation or we don't believe that we can? We think that we're a failure and that we actually obtain that reward, right, of creating that bad habit sure. of that we're worthless. You know, we did a whole self-esteem show. A lot of that comes back to the self-esteem stuff. Uh, we create bad habits because we perfect what we practice. What we practice sure. And we practice beating ourselves up. And we practice telling ourselves our 76% of self-talk is negative, that we're bad. And then we end up being whatever it is that we don't want to be because that's what we focus on. It is the same true. Habits don't matter. There is no adjective to a habit. It is simply a repetition. So it can be a good one or it can be a bad one. I think that a lot of times we're very conscious of and we work towards the good ones and then we don't pay any attention to the bad ones that we're creating. I agree with you 100%. And I think it is a bad habit when you meet people and you, you're trying to explain something to them that, oh, I will never... And insert whatever never will be. Right. Never, that, always, and should or kill yeah, you every time. And you will never. And you have perfected <laughs> yep. that habit of saying that. Germany. And that's exactly what you get. Okay, so let's talk about good versus bad. I'll give you the top five. The top five good habits. Uh, there, uh, there, there is research behind this, but this is an accumulation. I don't have a, a actual source for this. But. Okay. And the top five bad habits. Okay, so the top five good habits are getting enough sleep. I don't think anybody can fight that That's one. That's number one. Having an attitude of gratitude. Okay. Reading and being a lifelong learner. Adequate exercise, which that's going to be, again, subjective and different for people. Sure. And spending time with positive people. Those are the top five good habits. I okay. n- definitely 100% agree with that. The top five bad habits are smoking, uh, swearing. Swearing is number two. Drinking too much coffee or alcohol, watching too much TV, and five is fast food. My gosh, you explained everybody that's in a bar. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so bad habit, bar, bad habit. I seriously say, all these things you do in a bar. <laughs> <laughs> you go. That's funny. Okay, but I agree with that. I mean, and you have subset of those, I'm sure, but it, if you could get rid of smoking, which unfortunately is also an addiction to itself. Right. Um, but swearing, I can see that. Because 
we've all met people that cannot form a whole sentence without five cuss words being in there, and that gets a little old. This is true. And drinking too much coffee, I don't know if I agree with that or disagree with that. I, I mean, I'm sure caffeine, whatever. Yeah, I think it's looking at that and alcohol as being unhealthy. Yeah, but alcohol for food. sure. Same thing as fast food. Yeah, definitely fast food and watching too much TV, which I have a very bad habit of doing. <laughs> I have to say, I do not have that one. I don't <laughs> have that one or smoking. Uh, maybe the others, uh, maybe bad habits, but I don't have well, I don't know. I, you don't drink coffee, TV. but... Well, you know. I, I consume some alcohol sometimes. You do consume some alcohol. <laughs> but yeah, so those are your top five for anybody who's interested. Just FYI, there if you, you just Google search it and put things together, those are your top five uh, good habits and bad habits. So let's look at how to create a habit or break a old bad one. Okay. Okay. There are steps to this. Again, the myth is 21 days, but research actually says it's actually 66 days of repetition to actually break a habit or change a habit or create a new one. Mm-hmm. According to Psychology Today, there were different articles in, in, in that, and I kind of accumulated it all together. So this is a basis of a few different articles, uh, but they were all out of Psychology Today. The first one is identify the bad habit you want to change. Right. Okay, I mean, that. I know that that sounds easy. It's not, But though. our habits normally are unconscious. So first we have to identify what behaviors we repeat or what beliefs that we repeat that lead us into those results and those outcomes that we don't necessarily see that we do. Right. So I know that this sounds so, well, yeah, that's simple. It's not really that simple. It's It's not that simple because most of these we don't even realize that we do. And I think that you have to get down to the root of it all. You know, you can't just sit there, I want to quit smoking. Well, there's steps to that. But I drive 75 and, you know, on a 50 all the time. Well, Do you okay. even realize you do that? That's true. You know, that's... Then a, maybe you don't want to change that. <laughs> well, that's true. But those are just examples that we have things that we just don't even realize that we do. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, again, playing a sports. Uh, you create bad habits, you know, like free throws. People go through this ritual of doing the exact same thing. I dribble the ball three times. I hold it this way. I flip it around. I do whatever. Because then that creates a conscious repetition as opposed to just kind of, oh, I'm muscle memory. I can do it. Maybe, maybe you can. Maybe you can't. But a lot of things, again, we just don't realize. But you have to first be conscious of what it is that you want to change. Two is look at what you want to get rid of. Again, that sounds pretty easy too, but I'm not sure it is because a lot of these habits serve us. Yeah, right. You and you need to identify or... what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you get comfort from eating or drinking, it's going to be a hard. One. That's going to be a really hard one because it's not just the habit of eating or drinking. You're filling some other void with that habit, other than simply, you know, giving nutrition to your body. So you need to identify what are you getting out of it. Most of our habits are going to be. Something more than the literal. Yes. You know, is it relieving your stress or, you know, making you feel connected? Those are some things, whether it be watching TV or being on the Internet or social media or whatever, that could be a habit that has gotten out of control. You know, some good habits can relieve stress would be exercise, right? Bad would be overeating. Both have the same (laughs) result of relieving the stress. One's good for you and one's not so good for you. So, I, I agree. I, and then I think that's what people, again, we're going back right to that bridge. You know, I want to watch less TV, but you got to identify what you're doing with that. You, right. What are you getting out of watching exactly. that TV? I mean, if you're just right. zoning out and that's what's making you feel good, that's what you need to identify. Exactly. And if it's if, if watching too much TV is, is you're zoning out and you're feeling better and it's relieving your stress, that's that's good. 
but is it keeping you from getting other things done, which they're going to create yeah. a lot more stress <laughs> in the end because you watch too much TV. But those are things that we don't define. Nope. Right? We can simply just throw it out there of, yeah, I watch too much TV. What does that mean? Too much TV for me could be something completely different than too much TV for you. Right. Right? Two hours may be too much for me. Two hours may be, oh, yeah, no. I'm not even willing to talk about too much until I get to 10. Right. You know, so those are very subjective, but you have to define it and you have to know what is it you're getting out of that bad habit? Smoking. What are you getting out of smoking? Most people don't smoke because of their nicotine addiction. Most people smoke because of the oral component to it or the socialization to it oh, or sure. the, the habit of I do it when I drink, I do it when I, you know, go to the bar, I do it when I'm with this person, I do it whatever. That the habit is really not the end result. But what mm-hmm. are you getting out of it? Because if you smoke when you're with this person because they smoke and then you're with this person, the odds are you're not going to be very successful at breaking that habit of smoking. Sure. Unless you can actually define I can't go outside and smoke with you on our break. I can be friends with you in a break room, but I can't go outside with you and smoke because I'm not smoking anymore. So you can break that habit by not putting yourself in that area that triggers that habit. But that's I think that's a tough one. But you have to define what it is that you're getting out of it. And then again, back to number one, you have to de- you have to know what it is first. Exactly. So I think those are the two those are the two big ones. If we can if you can get past those two. I think you you got a good shot of breaking a bad habit or creating a new one. The third was honor your own wisdom. Okay. And the one of the examples that they gave was the TV, right? That you stay up late to watch TV because I am so busy all the time. I don't have any time for anything that I enjoy. I do everything for everybody else. And I like to watch TV. And so I'm going to stay up late and I'm going to watch TV because it's my time and I enjoy it. And then you stay up too late then the next day you're late for work you don't get you know you don't get your work done because you're exhausted then you're chasing your tail because now you're creating bad habits in other areas because by golly and i'm going to watch tv that's not working so well for you so you need to have the wisdom to find a better solution right if you need to veg out and watch tv then you need to crack some time somewhere where you can do that that's not keeping you up late, that's making you late for work, that's causing a ripple effect in the rest of your life, that you're being unproductive. I agree with that because I think that by your example, I think that that's like a statement. Well, I do this for everybody else. This is the time I'm going to spend for myself. So now you have made a declaration. Right. And instead of going, you know, Thursday between 5 and 7, if nobody could bother me, I'm just going to veg out for a minute. Then you can plan for it. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. That's what it's saying. You have, to, you have to be wise about these things and know that taking a habit that's actually potentially good for you and creating 10 habits that are not good for you <laughs> is not really the best thing to do. And we do that. Oh, sure we we all do that, especially on big ones that we're trying to break. We A lot of times we do create a lot of other bad habits, trying to get rid of one mm-hmm. one bad habit. But in this one, you know, again, things with time management. I think a lot of stuff revolves around time management. Um, you know, find the place for that TV. Find the place for that event. Find the place in, in your schedule to go play pickleball. Find the place to have that time that you need, whatever that is, whether it's TV or, or whatever. That was, sure. just, that was just an, exa- an easy example. And know what you're actually motivated to do and not to do. I think a that's another one. big one, too. Again, that people are like, well, yeah, 
well, yeah, we don't do that. No. Right? We, we complain about it. We throw the kitchen sink at it. We gave the example one time of you fixing your toilet. And you mm-hmm. watched, you know, it took 10 minutes to fix it. It cost 50 bucks for somebody to do it. And you watched, you know, 50 hours of YouTube videos to ha- figure out how to do something that took $50 and 10 minutes for somebody else to do. Right. You didn't want to fix your toilet. No. You were not motivated to do that. But you spent 50 hours watching YouTube videos rather than just doing that. We do that in our life all the time. Mm-hmm. Right? We, we want to be motivated to do it. Other people want us to be motivated to do it. I think that's a big one. But we are not. You're not going to be so successful at that. You might be successful for a minute. You may know this is one of those things at work um, when when I would consult and tell people they have to do it because I'll tell them they have to do it. They work for me. And when I tell them they're going to do it, they're going to do it. Did you tell them this wasn't the 1970s (laughs) No. What happens is, is that that's true. They're generally going to do exactly what you tell them to do. Nothing more, nothing less. But they're going to do exactly what you tell them. And then they're going to steal a ream of paper. They're going to take the stapler. They're going to show up late for work. They're going to call off on a day that they know that they can call off that is going to be the worst possible day for you for them to call off. Mm -hmm. That never works in your favor. Finding what motivates other people and working with that versus dictating that to people and especially somebody dictating to you what's going to motivate you, uh, not likely. Not not long term. Well, and I got to tell you, I think that especially when we're talking about the things that you don't want to do, but you want the end result. Like for me, I want a beautiful yard. I want the end result. I don't want to put in the practice to make it happen right. So I guess when we were when we did the show, when you brought up the fact of that Bill Gates hires lazy people because they'll figure out a faster, easier, better right. way of doing it. Right. Well, that's what I'm thinking is I need that faster, easier way to get to, get to what you want. Right. So right. I guess do would we develop habits of trying to find ways, faster, easier, maybe potentially lazier ways to get a bad habit over with or start a good habit? Oh, I think we all have those. We could probably list our own ha- bad habits of that. <laughs> or, or maybe even good habits, things that have turned into good habits of that. You know, we, we all have things we have to do that we don't want to do, and we try to figure out how to circumvent it and do it easier or faster. or Whatever we, way. We cut the a- tree down because we don't want to rake the leaves and, you know, whatever. But if that works for you, then it works for you. So, but that's getting but, back to finding out the root, right? You right. Know, if you're okay. not motivated to rake your leaves, you either need to find some way that you're going to get motivated to do it, which is not likely, or you need to pay somebody to do it. Okay, know, so that goes back to that root. When you're saying identify the problem, the the problem yeah. isn't that you you want to you, you want to rake your leaves. You don't want to rake your leaves. Right. The problem is you don't have the money to pay somebody to rake your leaves. Well, that's just an example. Absolutely. And so, how many things of those do we have? Oh, tons. Right? Especially yeah. when somebody else thinks you need to be raking your leaves. Very, yep. Somebody who lives in your house may think you need to rake the leaves every week so the yard looks pretty. And you may think, I'm waiting until every leaf is off of every tree so I only have to do it once. <laughs> okay, there's, that's a big difference. <laughs> so then you're going to have conflict likely and i can tell you how to solve that (laughs) then go out and do it yourself (laughs) there you go anyway so those are just some understand that your motivation is yours and just because somebody else wants a motivation for you it may work short term you see this in your kids dictating to your kids your kids are not motivated to do something and so you give them a direct order they do it they and they will do it but 
they're never going to do it again unless you give them, you know, direct <laughs> orders all the time. So um, know that you're not going to motivate other people uh, in that fashion. It's just not going to work. Right. But another is to know the obstacles that you need to overcome. Again, too many obstacles, you're going to lose motivation. You know, or, you know, you're going to create a failure because you've got too many irons in the fire mm-hmm. trying to do too many things. You could you could be a master of any of the 10 things that you have on your plate. But when you have all 10 of them, you get nothing done. Um, we've all probably been in that situation, too, especially the yes people out there mm-hmm. um, that try to do too much. And then they kind of fail at everything. Uh, you need to know what your obstacles are. And sometimes your obstacles are you can't say yes to everything. And yes, that was one of the top 10 of people who can't say no as a habit that leads to being unsuccessful because you, you have to be able to say no because the only way that you can say yes is you have to know how to say no. That is a habit and some people, some people struggle with that habit. Totally makes sense to me. So know your obstacles and know what it is that you're going to lose motivation in, in those scenarios. The next one is choose something to replace the unhealthy habit. I think this is pretty common. I think this is one thing that we do a lot. People smoking replace it with food. Um, if you don't overeat, that's okay. You know, I think I uh, forget what the Kojak or whatever they made the a lollipop. But or yeah, a yeah, he made that. Like yeah, he, he replaced smoking with the with the sucker. Uh, okay, okay, you know that's that's better than smoking. So you can replace some unhealthy habit um, or bad habit with something that's going to potentially be a better habit. First, you've got to bring that subconscious habit into your conscious state, right? You have to know that. You have to find a healthier solution. Again, which, you know, if you're quitting smoking, you know, the sucker, which is somewhat, somewhat more of a healthy alternative. But some overeat, which is not necessarily a healthy alternative. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people turn to alcohol versus smoking. Or some people turn to alcohol over illegal drugs. Sure. Well, okay. and I think that's very common. It is very common. But know. again, replacing an unhappy, unhealthy habit or a, replacing a bad habit with another bad habit, that's not necessarily going to help you out too much. So right. you need to replace an unhealthy habit or an unsuccessful habit with or a bad habit with a good one. Like doing your yard or there doing a neighbor's yard. They're doing their neighbor's <laughs> yard, especially if they live next to you. There you go. Right. The next, which I think is tough too, and and I think everybody's gonna say, well, yeah, these are pretty, these are pretty obvious, but well, if they were obvious, obvious everybody would do doing. them. Remove the triggers, right? But again, yes. you need to know what triggers you. I have things that trigger me that people bring out to my attention. The golden arches. Uh, exactly yeah. for coke. Exactly, <laughs> but those are things that trigger me that don't necessarily trigger somebody else. That a lot of times are not even obvious to me. That I'm being triggered. We all have those triggers that we're not necessarily conscious of. Well, and I think you need to speak up because I think one of the things that unfortunately happens with a lot of people is when you're trying to eat better, mm-hmm. then you go, oh, and your friends are all going out for donuts. Right. And you love you some donuts. Yeah. And then next thing you know, you've gotten, you know, six donuts down and you didn't want them in the first place. You, you need to speak up. Right, you have. That's one of the things. The recommendations on this, uh, on the removing triggers, you may have to remove people. Yeah, you may have to remove people that trigger those bad habits, whether it be going for donuts or smoking or being angry or I mean any, I mean anything. You may have to remove people. I was going to say, you get that things. if you're in that group of gossipers, you're going to have to remove the gossipers because that's well, yeah, change. that's a well, that was in the top ten too of <laughs> the bad <laughs> habits of being too negative and being around negative people. 
But you, you know, if you're with Susie, and every time you're with Susie, you drink too much. Stop hanging out you, with you Susie. Need, you may not. You either need to hang out with Susie someplace where there's no alcohol, or you may not need to be able to hang out with Susie anymore. Sure. It just is what it is. The next one is visualizing yourself changing. I know this sounds kind of silly, and we but no. we've talked about this of the meditation and visualizing that with what you want. Well, that goes right? back to what you were saying is is that you know you're not going to lose ten pounds after you walk three times. Right. You got to visualize that you're going to actually be able to fit in those pair of jeans or whatever that is. You, that's what you're doing. You're visualizing that. One of the phrases is that um, nerves that fire together wire together, which mm-hmm. is literally a neurological thing. So the more that you repeat it, again that habit, the more that it's going to be programmed into your brain that that is the path with which you should go. Again, visualizing. A good habit (laughs) and not replacing (laughs) a bad habit with another bad habit, visualizing that. So it's got to, you know, you need to pay attention to the good and the bad. The more you think of something, the more you do it, the more it's rewired in your brain, the more you repeat it, the more you have faith that you can repeat it because you're repeating it. And again, it goes on and on and on and on. So visualize the change is really, really important. Monitoring your self-talk. We're all great at beating ourselves up. Uh, that is a bad habit in itself. Mm-hmm. But we can take a good habit and turn it into a bad habit by simply being in ourselves up, being just being negative. You know, oh, I all mean, the time. All the time. You know, I mean, you can replace the negatives with the positive. For example, you know, I'm fat. I need to lose 10 pounds. Or, um, you know, I'm making a priority to walk at lunch and to eat more healthy. The result is going to be 10 pounds. But the... One's easier to get to than the other. <laughs> actually. Well, and especially when you're not beating yourself up. Exactly. The next is to take baby steps. We talk about this all the time. Baby, baby steps and stretch targets make them measurable. They have to be attainable. They should stretch you but not break you. And any athlete will tell you that. You don't start a marathon at the start line. You know, you, exactly. you, you train for it. Another thing I think that when we get in this mindset, we're like, I'm going to do better. I'm going to eat healthy this, you know, this uh, January 1 of any year, <laughs> right? I am going to change all these things and I'm going to do on Monday, Monday right? <laughs> I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I'm just going to change, flip my world upside down. Yeah. Now pick one or two at a time. Don't try to eat the elephant all at yeah. once because that's only going to lead to failure. <laughs> Every time. But I guess it, it, one of the things that you had brought in in the next step was is that sometimes you are going to fail. And so it's just accepting sometimes you falter. Sometimes you just, you're going to eat that fast food. You're going to not walk on lunch. You're going to yep. do those things. It's going to be pouring down rain. You're not going to feel like it. But Whatever. I think that that's what people do is that they feel like that they broke it. They might as well just slide on down the hill. Right, I had one donut, so What's I might six? as well have 16. <laughs> right, exactly. So, yeah, know that I promise you, you are going to fail. Life changes. That's a guarantee. Right. You're, you're not going to be successful at everything you do. Again, I'm learning how to play pickleball. This is a whole new world of being not very good at something. Well, 66 days from now, you'll be my That's better. right. 66 <laughs> days from now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually win a game. So, yeah, but that is, that is, you're going to fail. We've done more than one show on that. So some days, exactly. So you have to accept that that's part of it. Right. And know that it it does. It takes 66 days to happen. 
No. It's not going to happen overnight. And if you expect that it is, you're going to set yourself up for disappointment. You're going to lose motivation, which then you're going to start, you know, revert back to your bad habit. And just because you had one slice of pizza doesn't mean that you right. should just go all in, you know. Is it, well, it doesn't matter now. Well, yeah, it sort of does. Because one slice is way different than a large pie. <laughs> right, So, exactly. you know. <laughs> and a pizza and a pie. Exactly. And a lot of people do that. I mean, that's, we're just using food, but... We do that whatever in, it is. In, in anything, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, I fell off the wagon. Now I gotta so do it in I'm excess. just gonna yeah, I'm just gonna just run down the street and yep. yeah, that's not helpful. One of the other things that was really important is that you write it down. Again, we talked about measurable, we talked about accountability, a lot of times getting a buddy to help you, getting somebody to go walk with you at lunch is generally gonna be helpful. So there's accountability there. If you mm-hmm. don't feel like it, you're still gonna go because you you kinda have a responsibility to go with this person. Yeah, um, and sense. and writing it down. A gym buddy or something. Yeah, exactly. Like is is really important in um, in that accountability piece. And would you say that maybe talking to somebody through the bad habits to a good habit? Well, I think might some of them you're gonna have to. I think some some of these bad habits you, you you may need professional help. Right. To get to get through some of them, not so much. You know, I mean, most probably most of them we could manage on our own. But no, some of them you're not gonna manage on your own. True. The, and especially. Some habits, even if they're small for some people, that you've done for 50 years, yeah, you may need some help with that. It, it's not going to be that simple of just, oh, I need to replace it with a healthier habit. Right. <laughs> not likely. Not likely. So that's kind of the list of um, what Thing- I put together for creating a habit or for getting rid of a bad habit. Habits are really important. I guess I really didn't think too much about this until I started researching the stuff for the show that... We, we probably should have done this as one of our first shows because probably. habits, creating habits, good habits and bad habits are critical to your success in anything you do in your life. And it's very critical to living life on purpose. And it's very critical to how you show up in the world because how you show up is exactly based on the habits, the things that you repeat. Well, speaking of habits, what's your final thought for today's show? Well, your life is a sum of your habits. It's rarely actually the result that needs to be changed. It's the habits leading up to that result. We talked about that. Uh, Walking and eating better is going to be all around better for you than trying to focus on losing 10 pounds. That's the result is going to come from just the habits that you're changing in in your life. Unless you're extreme in weight, right, too much or too little, 10 pounds is not a huge deal. Right. Right. But for some people, the perception of 10 pounds is a big deal. So it's interesting that neuroscientists explain that our subconscious habits are conducted in the brain where our emotions, memories, and pattern recognitions are stored, but our cognitive decision-making is actually done in the prefrontal cortex. So habits are really not cognitive decisions, but repetitive patterns that are developed through repetition that are tied to our emotions and our memories. So which is completely different than I would have necessarily thought of it, you know, three days ago. So we're about out of time for this show, and we have some great news. Starting January 1st, 2022, you can find our show at livingonpurposepodcast.com or any of the podcast platform like Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher. Just search Living On Purpose Podcast and subscribe to the podcast or look us up on Facebook and give us a like and let us know what you want to add to this new show. That's right. So live every day of your life. On purpose. On purpose.